0: Hi everyone and welcome to the tech recruitment podcast this is the episode number the next one so uh, let's kick it off angela you have a great background in tech and you are a certified uh, scrum trainer right so uh, today we are going to talk about um, Scrum and Agile and all these other methodologies, extreme programming probably as well. And we will look at it from the talent acquisition perspective, right? So what should a recruiter, a headhunter, an HR manager who is interacting with uh, IT professionals, so what should they know about all of this? But um, before we get deeper to all of this, why don't you tell us a bit more about your background when it comes to the technology and um, your path to becoming the Certified Scrum Master?
1: Absolutely. I actually have a degree in speech communications. So I always joke that I have a degree in talking. Uh, So how did I get technology experience? I worked at a call center helping people dial up to an online database with their modems. That's how old I am. So I used to help people... (laughs) right? Troubleshoot dip switches and with SQL queries and things like that. And the company that I was doing this for believed in training. They believed if somebody had people skills and could talk on the phone to their customers, they could teach the tech skills. And so I got uh, software development skills. I got database administration skills. And after several years, I figured out what the rest of the market would pay for those and left, you know, the call center environment And I fell into the world of Oracle. Uh, so a lot of Oracle software development, PL SQL, SQL form builder, report builder, Mm -hmm. and became a database administrator tuning and administering Oracle databases. Mm
0: -hmm. The company
1: I was working for at the time turned me into a project manager because their premise was surely I would be able to manage these software projects if I spoke the team's language. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just didn't feel uh, right. It felt like I was always checking up on people, a bit of an adult daycare provider. So I learned about Scrum and Agile. And for me, that was really common sense. And so 18 years ago now, I started using Scrum and I have not worked any other way since. Hmm. So worked my way up in the Scrum Alliance to become, as you mentioned, a certified Scrum trainer. So now I can certify individuals who want to become certified developers scrum masters and product owners
0: Hmm. and it's very interesting that you say it was 18 years ago because some people are kind of under the impression that scrum is something new or agile is new just because they heard about it two two years ago you know for the first time and uh, especially in these larger corporations uh, my wife actually works in one of them and they're like now we are introducing safe you know and and agile and now i mean like well, it's been here for you know 20 years so it's uh it's correct it's that you've, you've been you know exposed to this uh for so many years and now we can kind of you know look at what would you do with your experience and what would you suggest to all of these recruiters right out there struggling with this and learning about it for the first time so um so why didn't you like why, why don't we tell um you know the audience, just on a high level, like what are some of these keywords? Like what's the difference between Agile and Scrum? And, you know, then we will build up, uh, you know, on top of it. For sure. The first Scrum teams were in
1: 1993 and 1995 in the United States. The first Extreme Programming team was in 1998, 1999, again in the United States. And what happened is these people who had similar ideas, with some differences, met in 2001 at a ski resort in Utah. And that's where the Agile Manifesto for Software Development was written. So the word Agile came in to being, which really was an umbrella term because Scrum is Agile, but Agile doesn't always mean Scrum. Agile could mean extreme programming, dynamic system development method, feature-driven development. There were seven original frameworks. So that word agile has just caught on. Mm. And so fast forward, as you mentioned, safe, here we are in the year 2023. And there are a lot of for-profit corporations that have made their own version that Mm. were never involved at the original creation of the Agile Software Development Manifesto. That doesn't make that bad. That doesn't make that good either. I mean, welcome to capitalism, yes. You know, Mm. people have said, we're going to take some of these open source ideas and do something different with them. So what Scaled Agile Framework does, also known as SAFE, that didn't come into being until 2012 at the very beginning. Mm. And the creator of it had created Rational Unified Process for IBM. Mm. IBM's answer to Waterfall or Mm. SDLC Project Management. And so he took that RUP picture, and he started applying some of the extreme programming concepts and some of the scrum concepts on kind of this hierarchical way of working. And he called it Scaled Agile Framework. So it could not be more different from what's in the scrum guide and the Agile Manifesto if it tried. The confusing part, especially for recruiters, is that both approaches use all the same vocabulary.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's right. It's, wow. <laughs> so what, what are some of the differences? Just can you give us one or two examples so that people can imagine? For sure. Hierarchy.
1: You know, when you read the official Scrum Guide, it talks about Scrum teams being flat. Mm-hmm. No hierarchy. No one reports to one another within a Scrum team. But then we look at Scaled Agile Framework, The whole thing is hierarchy, lots and lots and lots of levels and layers when Scrum is intended to be flat, you know, behavior change and structure change. The other thing that Scrum does is it puts the focus from the customer, the human being, the the human being that's paying our company money and says, let's break up all these different departments in a company and put skills on cross-functional teams. So if you need a programmer, they're on the team. If you need a tester, they're on the team. If you need a designer, they're on the team. Scaled Agile Framework will say, no, 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 you don't have to change your company. Just install, just implement Scrum as is. So they're very, very different in structure Mm -hmm. and behavior.
0: Mm -hmm. So the, the Scrum Master from the traditional Scrum environment would not be a good fit in the SAFE environment?
1: In my opinion, no, because in the traditional scrum way of working described in the the free official scrum guide, scrum masters are coaches. They're um, not putting their hands all over everybody's work. You know, coaches don't run onto the field and rip the ball, you know, away from the players. They're a coach, a mentor, a guide, a teacher. If you read what Safe thinks a scrum master is, they think it's a project manager. They think it's somebody who takes the notes and does the status and all these things. Whereas in Scrum, we talk about accountability. Hmm. We talk about developers being empowered, being Hmm. accountable, right? And a Scrum master coaching them. So they're two very different approaches.
0: Mm -hmm. And would you say that the Scrum teams are better fit for smaller companies that have the very flat hierarchy versus uh, the safe framework would be a better fit for corporations, which are you know, with hundreds or even thousands of employees?
1: That is one of the questions I ask. You know, we we will often get approached by these large hierarchical corporations saying, hey, we want to use Scrum. And one of the first things we ask is, are you willing to change? Because if there is a department that says, yeah, we're willing to flatten, we're willing to try some stuff different. Great. Let's take a look at that. You know, But you're right. Smaller, privately held companies tend to have less red tape to begin with or less hierarchy to begin with. So the thought of change isn't so scary to them. Mm. Some of the larger corporations, it may not be possible, especially if they're publicly traded, where the leaders don't even make the decisions. You know, a board of directors has to make the decisions, let's say. And so the idea of restructuring is a little scarier. So we do Mm. see larger hierarchical corporations gravitating towards safe more Mm. than traditional scrum.
0: Mm, that's interesting. Interesting. Cool. Okay. So well, there are a few keywords uh, that you already mentioned: uh, the safe Scrum Agile. By the way, mm-hmm. I really like your pronunciation of the word Agile. I mean, uh, uh, can can you say it again? Agile. Agile. No. Agile. I mean, that's just so good. Agile. <laughs> I, well, I, and
1: you know, people say, "Is it Agile? Is it Agile?" My teammate says, "Let's just say Agile." So everybody thinks it's French. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah i need to work on my pronunciation um so um that word you know and uh, scrum safe and you also mentioned extreme programming so what is that all about
1: extreme programming was the uh, this collection of radical practices back in the 90s that seemed similar to scrum in terms of the way it approached work But it was very, very specific to software development. So instead of, you know, one person working in a vacuum and handing something off to a tester, let's say, why can't those two people pair, paired programming? So the tester could even be the navigator, so to speak, doing real time testing of a scenario as somebody has their hands on a keyboard and coding it. And now we're preventing defects from happening. And we can more rapidly get the piece of software or code or whatever into production. <clears throat> so unlike Scrum, which is really about behaviors, XP goes one step further and says, we're actually going to give you specific practices, like writing test scripts first and coding against those until they pass and having people pair with each other And continuously integrating our code. So it gets more prescriptive because Mm -hmm. it's specific to software, whereas Scrum can be kind of agnostic Mm -hmm. to any kind of work. It could be software, it could be hardware, it could be a services organization.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with uh, the Xtreme programming, do they also suggest to use the Kanban board and uh, the daily stand-ups and all these other Um, activities and artifacts that are common within the Scrum methodology?
1: They're very, very similar to the point where I refer to them as first cousins, right? First cousins on this agile family tree. And you said stand-up. That actually originated in extreme programming, not Scrum. Scrum has something called a daily Scrum, 15-minute or less conversation, but we don't have to stand. Where did stand-up come from? An extreme programming team was required to be in one room, you know, before COVID and the global pandemic and all this virtualization of work, um, we had things like co-location being required. Scrum has never required that, but XP did. So the whole team would be in one room called a lab and then they would stand at the appointed time every day to make a plan with each other. A lot of scrum teams adopt standing just because it makes it short and sweet, but they don't have to. Scrum is not prescriptive. XP is. Mm -hmm. So there are very, very uh, similar practices, but XP goes a little deeper telling you how, where scrum will leave it up to the people, hence empowering them Mm -hmm. for what they want to do.
0: It's very interesting because it almost looks like the extreme programming is better to use, but uh, I also pretty much don't know any of our clients using the extreme program. Usually they just use Kanban or Scrum or Scrumban, but not the XP XP. So um, based on your experience, is that uh, even a thing uh, or is it just more of you know a thing that is written somewhere on blogs mm-hmm. and in some books? Do people really use it in practice?
1: people do use it in practice. The reason I believe the popularity of scrum sword and XP not to the same extent is certifications. Um, you know, it may seem weird that I'm dinging certification since everybody knows who was listening to the intro that I am a certified scrum trainer. And here's the, here's why I think that is people like badges for things you know, if we're going to ask people to go work in a whole new way, they like their badge. They like, you know, something that shows on their LinkedIn profile or their resume. I accomplished this. I have this, this newfound knowledge. The extreme programming gentlemen were just not on board with certification and formalized training. And it's not that they didn't do training. They did. They just didn't hand out the badges. The certified scrum developer Uh, credential from the Scrum Alliance does offer some education on those extreme programming practices. Cause like I mentioned, they're very, very similar, Mm -hmm. you know, they're almost first cousins, but I think the popularity of Scrum grew due to emphasis on certifications. Mm -hmm. Extreme programming still lives on with the three people who created it, Ron Jeffries, Kent Beck, Ward Cunningham, and they have books, Extreme Programming Explained. They have blogs, to your point. That's where a lot of that intellectual property lives, is mm-hmm. in books and blogs, and then their teachings of their own clients.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, cool. So um, uh, then if we kind of stay with these certifications, what are some common certifications or the acronyms of those certifications that recruiters can use when they look for some certified Scrum masters?
1: Yes, uh, the acronyms, the three-letter acronyms, the TLAs. It used to be so simple. If you and I were having this conversation in the year 2003, there would have been one Scrum or Agile credential on the planet. It was the Mm -hmm. CSM, Certified Scrum master. Now, some people might say, I'm not going to be a Scrum master, but I want to know about Scrum. Mm -hmm. Well, people would come to that class because it satisfied both needs. It gave them the Scrum 101 if they just wanted to learn, but it also said, hey, I'm going to be a Scrum master. Here's my badge. Certified Scrum product owner very quickly followed because the product owner is the person that gives the work direction to the people who are going to do the work. And in Scrum, we call them developers, which some people think, oh, that's software development. No, it means product development. Mm -hmm. So I could be running a test on a Scrum team. I'm called developer. I could be writing something down. I'm called developer. So certified Scrum developer means the doers, the people, right? And so you've got CSM, CSPO, CSD from the Scrum Alliance, which was the original certifying body. And they remain nonprofit. They're a nonprofit organization. But here we are in 2023. And there are at least 10, I can think of off the top of my head, different credentials out there. Scaled Agile Framework. They came out in 2012 and launched their own Mm -hmm. certifications. So they have the safe Scrum Master credential. They have a safe product owner credential and so on. So it's become very, very confusing. So if I'm a recruiter, I need to know from my client or my employer, which credential are we looking for? Do we want somebody who has that CSM so that they're certified by the Scrum Alliance in official Scrum? Or do we want somebody who's a safe Scrum master? Mm -hmm. Do we want somebody who knows both? Because the organization is still trying to decide or the organization is trying to choose. So they have a lot to unpack there. Mm. And because Scrum is not new and the Scrum Alliance is not new, um, CSM, I always say it's your driver's license. It's the entry level. You know just enough to be permitted on our streets. You don't necessarily have any experience. So the Mm -hmm. Scrum Alliance has unveiled advanced credentials and certified scrum professional credentials. And if I were a recruiter, I'd be really interested in a candidate who had those Mm -hmm. because to even get the advanced credentials, a candidate has to have a year or more of experience as a scrum master product owner or developer. And it's got to be validated Mm -hmm. by the scrum alliance. So I don't know about you, but I love it if some something gets taken off my plate. So it's like, oh, I don't have to validate a year's worth of a candidate's experience. It's already been done for me. Yep. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign <laughs> me up. So if somebody's got that advanced credential and they've got two years or more of experience, they can become a certified scrum professional. C-S-P, certified scrum professional as a scrum master product owner or developer. So two years of their work history has already been validated Mm -hmm. and they have a deeper set of skills. So if I were a recruiter looking for somebody who's really experienced, I would get the CSP into a requisition because as as a educated recruiter, I know to even get that CSP, they had to do the CSM, the advanced... CSM and have work history. We had a kind of a horror story from a candidate who said that they were in line for a job and working with this recruiter and they didn't get the job. And so I asked them, did you get any feedback? What what did the recruiter give you as feedback? And they said they went with somebody who had the CSM because those were the letters in the job requisition and I had the CSP, right? I love that you're laughing because it's like, oh my gosh, did they not understand? You were like so (laughs) superior in terms of your experience, your education. And they're like, I tried to explain it, but they didn't understand. So I do think there's opportunity for recruiters to, to learn all these acronyms.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, we often even come up with Boolean searches that uh, include all of these variations. and that's very difficult um often people have to just google or ask ChatGPT gpt for these alternatives so um it's very good that you that you say it because um i mean yeah it's certified scrum Master, right so whether it is the um, beginning or the advanced or professional often doesn't really matter um so um so do you Uh, Do you recall some other examples of some of these um, acronyms or keywords that um, recruiters, talent acquisition specialists can use uh, when they look for, and not necessarily just um, Scrum masters, but maybe even product owners or project Mm -hmm. managers?
1: Yeah, for product owners, it's P.O., right? Product owner. So certified Scrum product owner. And then there's an advanced certified Scrum product owner. So it's C.S.P.O., And then the CSP is still the highest level for developer. It's CSD certified scrum developer. Highest level is CSP developer. There are also, like I said, not just safe as a competitor, you mentioned project management. So the project management Institute is probably one of the better known uh, project management credentials out there. And they have their project management professional. So PMP, PMP. Mm -hmm. they have gotten on board in the last few years, however, with Agile. They've realized this isn't going away. This isn't a flash in the pan. And so PMI, Project Management Institute, has their Agile Certified Practitioner, the ACP, and it requires that a candidate pass a test. On all these different agile methods, so extreme programming, Scrum, uh, Crystal Clear. There's a you know there's some uh, really some great content. Somebody is expected to understand about all seven of the original agile methods, and it also requires two years of experience with agile or Scrum in order to even sit for that exam. So the PMI ACP can also really help a recruiter, or a talent acquisition person know that they're getting a candidate that just didn't sit through a class and get a badge, they also have some experience.
0: Mm. It's very interesting with the experience, really, that it is verified and you have some security, um, some perceived security, at least, that the candidate really worked uh, as the Scrum Master or product owner.
1: Cool, cool. Or what even if- in that case, a project manager, yeah.
0: A project manager. And uh, staying with project managers, there is uh, something called PM2 or PM3 or you know I'm not sure whether it's sequential, but I just recall PM2. So is that still some certification or what is what is that about?
1: I've not heard of that one before. I don't know if that's from Prince 2. You know, I think um, in the UK, that's the equivalent of like project management credentials in the United States or from PMI globally. Uh, I've heard of PRINCE2. So those might be acronyms associated with that one. I could be totally wrong. Yeah,
0: could be. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I just wrote now on the piece of paper, all of these uh, that you mentioned, and there are so many. So I probably... There just... are
1: so many, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need to create some mind map with some of these, like if you're looking for a product manager or uh, a product owner, I mean, I mean, that's confusing, which See? reminds me, let's explain this difference between a product manager and product owner.
1: For if- sure. For sure. Um, Scrum is all about product, right? Not project, product. So defining our product. And so when the first two Scrum teams were formed in the, in the nineties, 93 and 95, what happened is they approached a product manager because a product manager already understands product. Yeah. And so they said, are you willing to try the work a little differently? So our product owner is the product manager. Mm -hmm. And in the first couple of scrum papers that became the scrum guide, it was called product manager. It was flat out called product manager. So why did they change it? They wanted to simplify it because you heard me say earlier, scrum teams are flat. There's no hierarchy. Well, the word manager sometimes Mm -hmm. connotates hierarchy or structure. And they also wanted to simplify the framework. So who owns the budget product owner who owns the schedule product owner <laughs> it's so simple right they they simplified it and when companies have both when they have a product manager and a product owner to me it's an opportunity to see if they understand scrum isn't something you do in addition to work because that would be silly to do the same work two different ways, it becomes the way you do work. So the Scrum Guide refers to product owner, scrum master, and developer as accountabilities, which can be even more confusing for a recruiter because that's a fancy way of saying if the company wants somebody who understands product ownership, scrum mastery, or development as a way of working, we don't really care what the company calls them. They could Mm. still call the person product manager, but say, we're now going to change the way you do your job with this thing called scrum. So here's the set of accountabilities that's Mm. described in the scrum guide. Mm. They really want to get away from titles or roles to to make it simpler for Mm -hmm. organizations to adopt.
0: Yeah, yeah, they probably made it a bit harder for talent acquisition specialists and recruiters.
1: I think it's hard um, to be a talent acquisition or recruiter <laughs> in this day and age, especially in technology. So I'm glad, you know, I found your podcast and I'm so glad that you're bringing this education to those folks because they've, they've got a lot of word salad to to wade through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you so um what what if someone gets a requirement a job requirement for example for a product owner you know could they consider a product manager candidate like someone who on the cv has written product manager like what you know what makes sense and what doesn't make sense anymore
1: they absolutely can because a product manager understands product. Well, that's a third of the accountability for a product owner. They have to have the domain knowledge. They have to have the expertise about the product. Uh, We also ask that they have the authority because product owners' decisions are not overturned. They're respected. Well, same with product manager. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of applicable, transferable skills between the two. So a talent acquisition person wouldn't want to discount a candidate if it said product manager on their CV or resume. They'd say, oh, you know, they may be a fit for this Mm -hmm. product owner. Let's take a look at the domain. Let's take a look at how many years of experience they have and those kinds of things.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And what about um, the client looking for a product owner, but the candidate has on his or her CV written project manager? Like, would that still Uh, be applicable or not anymore?
1: Trickier. Trickier. Because I'll tell you, as a former project manager, There were times where I was not empowered at all. I wasn't given authority at all. I reported things. Yes, I would report where we're at on the status. I would report where we're at on the budget, but that's not an authoritative position. That's an administrative position. Product Mm -hmm. owners, by definition, have authority. Mm -hmm. They don't need permission to spend. They don't need permission to cut scope. And project managers sometimes don't have the domain. You know, I explained I happened to just because I came out of an Oracle environment and that that company asked me to do that. But later on in my project management career, there were projects that I knew nothing about the domain, Hmm. but they wanted somebody with project management administration skills Hmm. to track everything. So a product owner has skin in that game. They have to have domain Hmm. expertise. And I do have previous project managers who do become product owners, but it's in those rare instances where they also have domain Hmm. knowledge, and then they're given the authority, you know, to make binding decisions.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So that could be also the question to ask a candidate, for example, right? Uh, Do you have experience or have you been managing? Did you have the ownership to... Or the ability to decide, or something like this, right? The, Correct. The qualification questions, kind of. Correct. You got Interesting. it. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, have you thought of uh, any kind of qualification questions so that recruiters could um, could ask project managers or product managers when they kind of pre-qualify them? Like, what is what is a good question that you, with your experience, would ask just to kind of weed out some of these? product owner wannabes and people who have really been doing it for, for years? One of
1: the things that the industry is uh, sadly doing is thinking the product owner is a business analyst. And that isn't necessarily true because of what we just talked about regarding the authority versus administration. And I shy away from yes or no questions Mm -hmm. because those are those are tough. I would have a recruiter or a talent acquisition person ask a scenario-based question because now they're going to get more information. So mm-hmm. tell me about a time when you led new product development. Any mm-hmm. any example from your experience about a new product initiative you led? Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going to get more information. We're going to get an open-ended answer. Now if if it's not so important that it's new product development tell us about a time when you took an existing product and helped create enhancements or a new release so open ended questions because hmm. if you say have you ever you know led new product development yes well end yeah. of conversation <laughs> right we don't we don't get very many data points out of their answer a hmm. more nuanced uh, open ended answer might reveal Oh, they're struggling to answer the question. Oh, they're not really telling me something from their experience. Or, um, hey, they just knocked it out of the park by saying, mm-hmm. oh, I have three or four to share with you. Would you like one in this domain or this domain? So I think you know, those open-ended questions, that's what I would
0: do sitting mm-hmm. down
1: and asking a product owner
0: awesome awesome and you also mentioned um a while ago that scrum could be applicable across the board right Mm -hmm. not just in software teams so um, what could the talent acquisition specialist ask to figure out whether the person was actually managing a scrum team i mean uh, on scrum team but uh, a software development team i mean that's kind of obvious question like have you managed the software development team but i mean um a software development team can consist of developers, right? I kind of assume maybe there are some other scenarios um, or not. I'm I'm kind of just wondering, you know, how sure. how to approach it or how to figure out if someone had experience with the technology teams.
1: There's a lot to unpack when you say technology, even with software development. I mean This is the era of everybody having an app, right? A mobile app. Is it software development? So, was it an application? installed on a device? Is it a mobile app that's used on phones and tablets? Is it websites? They could ask all kinds of questions around that. And then in this day and age, there's also different technology stacks, you know? So have you uh, worked in an environment where they were working with Java, with Python, with, you know, something that's open source? And then, you know, did you have to help the team in any capacity become mentored or learn new mm. ways of working or new technologies? Because for some technologists, it's kind of like learning another language. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, I already understand PL SQL. Well, if I'm going to go learn, you know, C, C, that's just like learning French. That's just like learning German. You know, so it might be just to them like learning. Or is the candidate saying, nope, I only work in environments where they code in Java and this is my my lane kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Well, that tells a talent acquisition person that this candidate isn't necessarily open to learning. They're looking Mm -hmm. for something more specific. So is that a fit? Mm -hmm. Is the employer or the client saying, we prefer this kind of experience, but we want candidates who have a good attitude to learning and aptitude for learning new skills
0: interesting interesting okay cool well there is uh so much to unpack really it's just uh crazy how how difficult and complicated the, the whole it world is and you even wrote a book about uh the scrum I, scrum mastering I right well, i wrote the scrum
1: master files nice this is i always say this is a collection of my failures As a scrum master, first attempt in learning is what FAIL stands for. (laughs) So a little bit about my journey from the pivot from project manager to scrum master is in here, as well as six very specific case studies from Mm -hmm. my own experience. And so I immerse the reader into what happened, where it went wrong, and how they could have prevented it, you know, how I could have prevented it and made it right. So it's a it's a bit of a workbook that can help any new scrum master mm-hmm. learn from my mistakes. And what I'm hearing from my students who have read it, I've completely anonymized it. Mm-hmm. So there isn't even a personal pronoun. There's no he's, she's, none of that. It's just, you know, puts you right into the case study. And so people will say to me, this could have been at my company. I was in this exact scenario. I would have loved to have had this, you know, when I was in that situation. So there's something universal Mm -hmm. about the nature of these case studies that I'm sharing with people. So thank you for asking. Yeah, it's near and dear to my heart. So if people want to check out the Scrum Master Files, uh, it's available on Amazon, but we also have it available at scrumfiles.com if they want an autographed copy.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I'll include the link in the in the show notes. Um, cool. Wonderful. And um, where can people find more about you personally uh, besides the, the website on LinkedIn probably, or is that your personal page? The scrumfiles.com?
1: Scrumfiles.com is our, uh, my personal page because it's my author page. Collaborative mm-hmm. leadership team is my company. Mm-hmm. I realize that's a mouthful because you said LinkedIn. I hang out on LinkedIn. And so if you go to LinkedIn, you just put Angela Johnson Scrum and I pop right up.
0: Yeah. Or maybe even without Scrum, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, no. There's 32,000 Angela Johnsons. No way. Yes. Johnson is a wildly (laughs) generic name in the world.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. 32,000. So Scrum is my differentiator. Yeah, yeah, we need this scrum keyword <laughs> awesome. and we, and we learned lots of other keywords today. Uh, so thanks. Thanks a lot for sharing all these, uh, acronyms and buzzwords and you help to debunk the differences between the, uh, you know, keywords and the methodologies. So, uh, so thanks a lot. Is there anything you would like to share with, uh, with the, um, listeners and people who are watching this? And like some kind of final advice for people who may be struggling with recruiting these uh, scrum masters or project managers, product owners, or generally they may be struggling with the whole complex IT world.
1: Yeah, for recruiters, especially because it's just near and dear to my heart, ask questions, you know, if somebody hands you a requisition, let's not blindly assume, you know, that, uh, that it was written with the actual new work in mind, because there's so so many times organizations don't know what they don't know. So they will say, well, I need somebody who knows scrum. I don't really know anything about that. So I'm going to take this project management requisition and put the word scrum on it and send it to my recruiter. So Mm. I would say to all the recruiters listening, have the courage, which is one of the scrum values to ask really great questions. You're going to get a stronger requisition and you're going to get stronger candidates, which Mm. is better for everybody.
0: Yeah, that's a great advice. Thanks for sharing. Awesome. So thanks. uh, Thanks for all the insights. Uh, Thanks for being on the podcast and uh, I hope we'll catch up soon.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Hi again, and really quick, if you'd like to get a new job as the tech recruiter, or if you'd like to start working as the independent freelance tech recruitment consultant, or if you'd like to start and grow your own agency, we can help you get closer to your goals. So just go to our website, techrecruitmentacademy.com and learn more about the programs that we organize every now and then. So just go to the website techrecruitmentacademy.com